The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, this is Captain of Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. Well, we had a really fun interview all lined up. I talked to Beer Big Jess, who's been on the show before, about how she's dealing with quarantine and how the microbrew scene is dealing with quarantine. And it was a great interview. It was a fun discussion with her. She's gone through a lot of interesting changes. So I had it all edited, I had it all ready, and then the world blew up again. There were riots in every major city this weekend. Um, Places that I've been to and have worked at um, were on fire. There was a picture of a guy with a stolen police horse outside of Beer Babe Jess's office on uh, Lake Street. And it's been pretty awful. So uh, talking about anything else just seemed kind of tone deaf so Steve and I get into it. I mean, it's been a couple of days uh, just getting like worse and worse. And I think maybe people are thinking this wasn't going to escalate this way or wasn't going to keep going. But um, yeah, I mean, especially like, uh, you know, we got the alerts um, on our phone, the emergency alert that the city of Chicago uh, got placed on. Um, what do you call Curfew, it? Like, yeah. Curfew. Yeah. I was in uh, I was in Chicago Ridge last night. So we're pretty, pretty far out in the suburbs mm. and we all got that alert on our phones. And I was like, can I even drive home? Cause I didn't know right. what it was about. And then, um, and I was like, and I was with, uh, Kevin Ryan, who's been on the show a lot. I was in my band. I was headed at his place. And I was like, I was like, is this a coronavirus thing or is it a protest thing? And then I yeah. got home and I'm like, Oh, it's absolutely a protest thing. Yeah. I mean the footage, um, I was watching, I didn't really watch anything yesterday. We, you know, we were all home. We're staying home anyway, just from, you know, uh, the pandemic, the pandemic. Right. <laughs> so, uh, well, that, and that's the first question I have because, um, like I, I definitely understand where this is coming from. Uh, emotionally, um, you have these kind of racist murders happening by the police that, uh, at least this guy has, is like arrested like fired was the most you could count on. Yeah. Like a police that policeman that murdered somebody, but this guy got like arrested and fired and divorced in 24 hours. Um, yeah. And I guess he's on suicide watch. I heard, uh, cause you know, it's, he's had a rough couple of weeks. Oh, he's had a rough couple of weeks. Yeah. Look what this idiot's. <laughs> yeah. It's like, does anybody let him watch the news? Cause yeah. Cause he, cause he's the proverbial last straw. Right. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, but it's this seems to be the perfect Venn diagram of like uh, this keeps going on. We have a president that is uh, perfectly happy to keep it going on because it gets his supporters excited about him. Um, he tried to br- rebrand it as Magonite, and then uh, pe- people were starting fires outside the White House, and they just shut it down and turned the lights off. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear he tried to rebrand it, but David, um, my brother, uh, you know, he's been on the show before, and yeah. he's um, he's in D.C. Um, you know, he's only a couple blocks away from the White House. And Friday night, uh, about ten o'clock, he texted and said there's some intense protesting going on outside the White House, and that they had locked it down. Um, and he said they shut down the expressway. He said protesters are throwing steel steel barriers outside the White House. Um, you know, and I didn't hear anything in terms of like if anyone tried to jump the fence or anything. I mean, that's happened in previous administrations. I remember seeing on the news somebody jumped the It'd fence. It'd be like one guy tackled on the lawn. I've, I've yeah. Never, I've never seen fires outside. Right. And I think that's kind of what it's like. Uh, I can't remember who was talking about it, but they're basically saying is like uh, – no one should be surprised of, at where we are right now when a, Trump's inaugural address was called American Carnage. Yeah. And it's like, we're literally just living in that version of his future. Well, and then the pandemic on top of it, like, yeah. like I keep thinking, okay, we've been told to stay away from each other, stay home, wear masks, stay six feet apart. I'm like, these people are so incensed. They're not fine. They're not doing any of that. 
So you know, within the next week, there's going to be this huge spike of cases. Because like, how yeah. many people? How many people were asymptomatic outside protesting, and uh, in a tank top shirt and touching people? Right. You know, and and it's just like I understand outside, it's a little bit better than being indoors in terms of like uh, contagiousness of the pandemic, but. Um, that many people, any any group, you know, especially you see all this footage of all these people cr- crammed together, and then, you know, cops are throwing people around, and it's it's not. Um, yeah, I think in two weeks we're going to see spikes in every every location that essentially has had these big protests is going to they're going to see huge spikes in in cases. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and I obviously I think the 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 root issues of why people are protesting have obviously been here since we've been a country, but I think everything's kind of exasperated because of the pandemic. As well, that that's we already it. had people on lockdown. You already had people in a yeah. high stressful situation. The pandemic was killing uh, uh, black Americans at a much higher rate than white Americans. So it's like, even the fucking pandemic's racist, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, um, you know, it's obviously more complicated than that because it's the healthcare institution and the institutional racism, but it's like, you know, these folks can't catch a break. Right. And yeah, you, they got to push to the point. The, the most powerful meme I've seen over and over, it's like, you see white people like, why can't they just protest peacefully? And they would just show pictures of Colin Ka- Kaepernick. Right. And it's just like, yeah, y'all didn't like this either. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's uh, uh, no one else gets told how to pro- protest. You know what I mean? It's like, um, you know, they let those uh, right-wing lunatics with the long guns and machines. Oh, yeah. They let them wander around without masks because they wanted to get haircuts. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think uh, it's okay for white people to protest in literally any fashion they want. But, uh, you know, uh, people people are always quick to tell black people how they're supposed to protest. And I think that's outrageous. Yeah. Well, and well, basically the message is don't protest because every yeah, kind of protest they do is the unacceptable way to protest. Right. I don't think I've ever seen a more clear distinction of, you know, white people complaining about that they can't get uh, manure for their lawn this week or get their haircut and then protests of people saying, you keep murdering us. The thing that really strikes me is it's like, it's every city. Like usually it's one city, like Atlanta. It's London. London had, I saw footage of uh, people flooded the streets in London and were chanting Black Lives Matter. And people were outside an embassy in like Berlin or Germany or somewhere yeah. chanting Black Lives Matter. I think it's like, um, you know, I, I, we hopefully, I mean, at some point we have to hit some kind of breaking point where... I think this is the breaking point. Because what else? Maybe sooner rather than later. Because I think it's you know, now. This isn't I, no, I think it is. I mean, we're I in the breaking like, point of... You know, we're in the breaking point of so many things right now. Right. Between the pandemic and the pandemic shutting down the economy and uh, the racism and the, the, just the outright hatred. I mean, we've been living, I've been feeling like, and you know what? I, I say all the time, oh, we don't want to be a political show. We want to talk about Spider-Man. But uh, when things get this omnipresent, it, you, it becomes an elephant in the room. As I said, yeah. I had a, we have a, I have a whole podcast ready to go, which is going to be next week's podcast. If the, if the world doesn't explode again. Right. Um, and the podcast in the last couple of months have been like, so the world's completely shut down and you're isolated and you're trying to survive and maybe you're not making any money. How are you surviving? And now we have to put that aside to be like, so, uh, so all the Starbucks are on fire. John Cusack was in Chicago on his, and on his Instagram, he rode his bike around and just took pictures. Michigan Avenue, um, you know, like I said, I have, I have this, uh, complicated relationship with Chicago, but I worked all over it. Right. And I'm just like, Oh, that's where, that's where I used to work is on fire right now. And that's where I used to work is on fire. Oh, that's the whole foods that I had to eat lunch that they're smashing in the windows. Yeah. You know, I saw a picture, someone in Chicago stole a police horse. And was and riding was, it around, was riding it around. And it wow. was right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like right outside where, uh, my friend Pierre Red Jess works uh, that I've been to a few times to visit her and I've interviewed there. And it's just like, like masses of people in fires in front of her office. Um, but the irony of that is I was like, Oh, well, it's a good thing. It's a Saturday. So like uh, people she works with aren't in danger. And I was like, yeah, nobody's been in that office for three months. 
right because yeah, I mean, of, because of a virus that's killing people right i keep seeing it's like uh there's some kind of meme going around where let's like every month there's a new challenge for yeah. the world you know it's like it was the virus there was murder hornets yeah. uh and i guess it's like uh july or um june is going to be race riots you know it's like yeah. That this is just going to keep going on because I've been seeing think- a lot of I've been seeing a lot of those memes and I'm a little blurry. If this is my idea, I will take credit for it. But I feel like the end of the 2020 calendar is Galactus. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, I've seen a lot of that too. It's like and oh, the way the no. way we're going, there'll be a week of people arguing whether or not the Silver Surfer is a good thing or a bad thing. Right, like he's shiny. He's showing us hope. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this I think is a, um, this is another one of those weeks like nine eleven uh, that um, just proves to me superheroes aren't real. Because when nine eleven happened and I saw the tower fell, I'm like, that's the perfect instance where Superman would catch the building. And I was right. in my twenties then, so I was still I was an adult. I, I was still young, but it was kind of that. Um, I in your twenties, I feel like it's like you're in your teens with Santa Claus. You're pretty sure he doesn't exist, but saying he doesn't exist will give you less stuff. Right. So like when I was- You want to hedge your bets, you know? Yeah, like when I was a big X-Men reader in junior high, I was like, well, people don't have superpowers, but if I woke up tomorrow and did, and that was the one I was like, well, nobody caught this building, so I guess nobody's able to catch this building. You're right. And last night was another one of those where I was like, all right, how many stories have we seen where a superhero comes in and stops this from happening? It's like, oh, yeah, we don't have anybody to stop this from happening, including the government. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't think there's a lot of interest in uh, the government stopping it, and nor I don't think, you know, to some extent, should they? I mean, I... It, it's always tricky to get into the weeds in terms of like, well, you know, uh, people should be protesting. They have a right to protest, but then what's with the rioting and everything. And, you know, I, I think it's hard to, I I don't want anyone to die, but it's like, it's really hard to see the footage. You know, I was watching on Twitter this morning. I was seeing people put all this footage together of like, just like the police completely overreacting to oh, yeah. shoving well, and, and that's the thing. driving cars through crowds. And they're, they're police in disguise walking around smashing windows be- yeah, because I saw it that. wasn't violent enough. And- right. And it's so like, it's- so, you know, getting to yeah. the truth. And I think it's like, they, they always say this, there's bad actors on both sides, right? So I do think there are some police that are just trying to. Right. And there uh, are some people in the riots who are just trying to loot. And right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, violence. Lisa texted me and was saying that, uh, you know, uh, South side Chicago, there's looting going on in Evergreen Park, uh, at the Binnies and the Walmart. Um, you know, it's like 63rd and Western, uh, there's rioting. So it's like, you know, the curfew might've ended this morning at 6am, but it's like this, this isn't going to stop. And I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know to what extent, the 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 cities plural because this is kind of happening all over the place are going to be able to kind of get this under control um and uh, unfortunately that would then leave it to like the federal government and it's like this is not an administration i would trust to no this is be able to handle this no this is an administration that is um interested in power and not interested in leadership and that's that's before trump that's been the that's like the mitch mcconnell regime of like that whole the whole thing of like we're not going to pass any bill that Obama puts across because we're I'm, we're not hearing anything from any of those people, right? You know, um, the president called them thugs, where he called the people the uh, fat white people with guns who are mad at having to stay home to not get sick. And by the way, they all got sick. Yeah, and that's the other thing you hear. It's just like all these you know hair salons that opened up that the people that were running the hair salons had it, and then they infected you know seventy other people. It's like uh, I well, do. I do. Every take three out- days you see a report of like guy who called it scamdemic dead from virus. Right. Yeah. It's and just like. It's uh, like- yeah, I, I, it's like uh, the problem with that is, it's like how many people do those idiots infect because they think it's like right. some kind of conspiracy theory or something. That's why I try to stay you away know. from idiots. Right. Yeah, and it's just like uh, you know you got to do what you can, I guess. I mean, work had, work had a poll of uh, how how people were doing working at home, 
and like it was a scale between like I want to go back to work right now um let's wait and see and then all the way at the bottom is like I never want to come back I click never want to come back yeah yeah um, um my biggest problem is there's just too many people in this house I'm like uh if if I just if I I could have time to concentrate I'd never go into the city ever again so I would have no contact with these idiots ever right right I'm not I'm not one of those people that needs that human contact and I know a lot of people do um and I appreciated it like I went out for the first time for dinner last night and it was a local place it was outside uh, everybody was feet apart um I went out with uh, three friends of mine, two guys that are in my band, and we all sat at least about three feet apart from each other. Um, and it was great. It was great to like have that. Put on a mask when you wanted to go in and use the bathroom. Um, but that's a special occasion. But I, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh my God, I'm going crazy, not able to do that. I'm like, ah, I can talk to people on the podcast and I can order things from eBay. Right. Yeah, I think it's like, uh, you know, the we've actually been doing pretty good, uh, you know, because everyone's always like, well, how are you guys doing with the lockdown? And it's like, I don't I don't really mind it too terribly. Yeah. You know, and and to just to remind people, listeners you know, who don't know, you have a roommate who has like a rare form of blood cancer. Yeah, she she's immunocompromised. So we were already kind of being pretty safe in terms of like what we had to do just to keep her safe because you know, uh, if, if I catch something out in the world or her girlfriend catches something out in the world, then we, you know, can bring that back, you know, so we were already being pretty cautious. The, um, so, and then they've both been home, you know, essentially since Lainey was diagnosed about, you know, two years ago or something like this. So we were already, they were already kind of living in that world. So now yeah. they're, they've just had to acclimate to me working at home, which they're not entirely thrilled about. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I keep I myself, was, you know? I was just listening to uh, Conan O'Brien on a podcast and he was saying about the pandemic um, be, before the riots, it was that he has a, fr he has a friend who's divorced and it's, um, there were very specific times he can see the kids. So there are times where he basically comes up to the window and they talk and then he leaves because um, they're staying with the mom full time. Mm -hmm. Conan said, he said to his kids, he's like, I know you don't want your mom and I to get divorced, but uh, you kind of want me to only come around every couple of days, don't you? And they were like, yes, we do. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know? I, yeah. Yeah. I, my house is kind of on the verge of fight when I have 10 minutes of three of us getting along right like that happened this morning the boys woke up kind of sleepy and um just kind of quiet and it was a sunday and nobody was forced to do anything and sebastian who's my younger one who's the crankiest one was in a really good mood he decided he was going to talk in a british accent oh that's uh, good which is pretty good yeah so yeah because he was talking in a british accent we put on my monty python so he could practice his british accent and we were all kind of laughing and I'm like, oh, man, I really appreciate this. And the reason I appreciate this is not because I'm a person who notices the small, nice things in life. Uh, and, it's not it's fleeting. <laughs> and it's not because I miss them. Yeah, it's because it's so fleeting that it's like, yeah. how long until this turns into an argument? Uh, so, Wait, so. It's something where it's like, uh, Tina, she's been on the show before. Is yeah been saying because she she's a an essential worker so she's out there uh you know she's been working this whole time and she's just like thank god uh we don't have kids you know that none of us have kids because it's like it's i you know your kids are great you know i am a big fan of your kids but i i think um kids make this harder you oh, know it's god. like i listen to uh chris hayes podcast which is basically just his evening show just turned into a podcast that's where i get my news and um every episode he's just like we got to figure out how to open up the schools you know he's like i love my kids but they gotta go back to school and i just think it's like it's if this happened when i was a kid my dad would have murdered us because you know my dad had very little patience for our shenanigans and there's four of us uh all very close in age and yeah. we fight like dogs so my my uh, dad was yeah my dad was different because my dad was a teacher uh and he's been on the show so is your dad uh and he would be home all summer, but he would just go to his room and close the door. Right, right. You're like, you figured out. And I was like, all I wanted to do was read comic books, watch TV, and play with action figures. They were so happy with that until I started playing guitar. They were less right, happy. Yeah. Then they get less happy. Once yeah, I was making a lot of sound in a room, it was right. less comfortable for them. 
Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I've been trying to find refuges uh, all around. I have, a, I have a room where I keep all my instruments in the basement. There's an old couch in there, and I pulled out the bed, and I'm like, just get some refuge. But then, of course, of course. They, they find out there's a new room that has a new bed, and everybody's in there. Right, yeah. It's like you've changed something. You've made the room more interesting. Yeah, it's like I see all these articles. I've seen these articles about people with big mansions that have, like, a town in their basement. Like Barbara Streisand yeah. has a mall and they just yeah. found somebody else that like had cars. So he turned the car, the garage into a street with stores and a movie theater. And I don't think he could go into any of these, but they've never been more appealing. Right. Cause you know, I, I took a walk down to LaGrange road where, um, Commander's comics was when you ran it. And, uh, it's like the main street in this town and it's an odd experience. Cause it's, uh, I was saying a couple of weeks ago, it's like I turned into junior high me because I'll walk down the street and I'll see people and I'll be like, oh, fuck. And it doesn't matter if they're down the block. I'm like, no, I got to walk into the street. I got to put this mask on. I, I'm not going to make eye contact. And so right. you can go out, but it's, it's a much more complicated proposition than it used to be. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you just got to be more cognizant about it. You know, it's like uh, I keep going to get to go to the grocery store and I, you know, I'll take a step out the door and I'm like, Oh fuck, I forgot my mask. It's like, uh, yeah, you know, it's like, it's, it's that, like my phone like, now. Right. Yeah, it is. You know, we used to say when we, you know, everyone's getting ready to leave here, we go in somewhere, wherever and it always be like phone keys, wallet, you know, remember the three things you need to bring. And now it's like phone keys, wallet, mask, yeah. you know, it's like we've added an essential thing you've got to carry. Yeah. You know what? Uh, we're back to the days of when your iPad, your iPod and your phone were separate things. Because I used to go, uh, wallet's in this pocket, iPod's in this pocket, uh, flip phone is in this pocket. And then when the iPhone yeah. came out, I was like, oh, it's one thing now. And yeah, it's kind of nice. Actually, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was taking a walk and listening to music, and I'm like, oh, how long is it until Apple doesn't let me put my own music on here? And Because I, I was literally listening to my own music, like demos I had recorded with my bands. I'm like, these things aren't going to be on oh. iTunes. These things aren't going to be on Spotify. But that worries me. It also worries me about iTunes because I still buy stuff on iTunes. And then it's, there's this rolling roulette of things. HBO Max just uh, launched. And it's like, oh, now they have all the Batman stuff. And it's like, uh, or they have friends. And Netflix used to have friends. And up until a few months ago, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. And friends is a bad example because I don't like it. But with Seinfeld, Seinfeld was like, it was on this, and then it was on Hulu, and then it's leaving Hulu, and, and it's going to Netflix. And they had a sale on iTunes. It was like 70 bucks for the complete nine seasons. I was like, you know what? I like watching it, buy it. You know, anytime right. there was a sale on Star Trek. Like, Star Trek's on four different platforms, but I, I don't know how long. But then it's like, well, how long until Apple just goes, oh, yeah, the stuff you bought, nah, we're not interested in the server space to show you that. Yeah, because I wonder if it's like you bought it. They can't really just get rid of it, can they? They can. Um, and they don't have to give you your money back. Because Amazon did this with some books. They ran into problems with some publishers, and they pulled all the Kindles. And they basically just deleted them out of your phone. Wow. It, it's, it's weird. And as we go for uh, – right now, while we're stuck inside, uh, more and more of the content we get is digital. And I'm a person – I think it's a control issue for me which is why I'm a comic book collector, which is why I have these major collections. I had walls of DVDs 10 years ago. Then they became walls of Blu-rays and now they're iTunes libraries. Is I, it's a matter of, uh, I want to be able to rely on stuff. So it's like, if I want to read Craven's Last Hunt, I don't want anybody to tell me I can't. So right. you I, yeah, I want to have this book on the shelf. Oh, and by the way, if I'm out and I want to read Craven's Last Hunt, I want to have it digitally. So the device I have, I just go, here, Craven's Last Hunt, which is a good example because it's still like one of the best Spider-Man stories ever. Um, right. And that is one where I have the original issues, the graphic novel, and the digital copy. Well, it's just like, you know, you can read it in many different forms. Yeah, it depends on how I'm feeling. Um, but yeah, the, the idea that that can all just be turned off is, is scary in this day when it's like, I want to get less physical things. Um, which doesn't yeah, have anything to do. Yeah. 
pandemic that makes this easier is the amount of content we have. It's like, God knows what people did in like 1918 or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like during the Spanish flu pandemic, it's like, yeah. I don't know how people get through it. You know, it's like, what do you just read the same, you know, the same book over and over again? Right. You couldn't, yeah. If you can't go to the library. I mean, right. Stu- no and, internet. You know. Yeah. And stuff is starting to open again. I went to Mr. Wayne's on Friday and um, you could go in all the way in. Like when I went a couple weeks ago, you could go into the front of the store and then Mike, who, um, who's going to come back soon to talk about what it's like to run the store in quarantine. Uh, originally, yeah. he had a velvet rope before the cash register, which is right by the door. So you could walk into the door. And then I was like, hey, I'm getting Star Trek. And then he would look around and pull out Star Trek and uh, like tell, tell me what he had. Uh, or that I'd be like, hey, I need Spawn. And... Uh, he would get that. Now, Friday, you could walk inside, and it was like a celebration because it was like yeah. there were four people in the store. We all had masks, but you could walk around and touch stuff and point to stuff. And Ben came with me, and as soon as we got in the car, I was like, sanitize your hands. I mean, and that's, that's our normal. Like, on top of that, when if you've lost your job, which fortunately you and I haven't, um, but if you've lost your job and then they're murdering people like you, and they're right. they're immediately saying, "Oh no, that guy died because he had a heart problem." It's uh, I saw a tweet that was just like, "The co- their cops are now blaming the guy for not being healthy enough that when they strangled him for nine minutes." That I could yeah. see how like that's your breaking point. This whole thing feels like a breaking point. Yeah, I mean, it's like I I don't think any of us, you and me, certainly aren't qualified to understand what it's what it might be like. Um, but but I but I do think it's something where it's just like yeah you I you know you can't blame people it's like uh, no one else gets treated this way it's just like I just yeah. can't I never have you know we go out into the world I don't ever worry about walking down the street or uh, passing a cop or jaywalking yeah. or doing any number of activities and that you know, aren't even on my radar and I this have, is stuff that I have a lot of know. good cops in my family I've known a lot of cops but um, when I do see a cop car I tense up. Cause I still have right. this, there's still, there's been this, br- this feeling that's been building over the last, I'd say 30 years really since like Rodney King of like, Oh, the police can do whatever they want if they just decide to. You yeah. Know? And I, I think, that's and they of... tend to do it more to black people. You know, there's For sure. Great, yeah. Um, have you watched comedians in cars getting coffee? Uh, just here and there. Not, not religiously. Or anything have you like seen this. the one with Chris Rock? No, I have not. The one with Chris Rock, they get pulled over. And Chris oh, Rock is really? like, you see? You see? Got a black man on wow. your show. You see? It's the only yeah. one where they get pulled wow. over. The other one that's funny is uh, with Patton Oswalt, he gets a DeLorean like in Back to the Future, and it breaks okay. It completely breaks down. That's great. Uh, yeah, but they're, they're definitely worth it. Um, yeah, it's just like I so understand what's this has so been like the end point. I feel like when uh, on election night, when I saw that the electorates were starting to turn towards Trump, I was just saying like, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And I'm an, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a nihilist. I think I'm too emotionally involved to be a nihilist. Um, yeah. I'm mad and, uh, and uh, depressed about how bad things get. But like, this is kind of where I said, I was like, people are going to die. Like, um, I think the only thing we've been spared by this administration is no other country takes Trump seriously enough to go to war with him. Like every time yeah, he I mean, threatens another country, they're just like, ah, oh, wait it out for a couple of days. He's also throwing every single thing at the wall to try to distract from the pandemic. So he's got, yeah. so he got real involved in this, which incited a lot more people. See, do you see the, do you see the big fat guy who, sh- who shouted all lives matter and started shooting bows and arrows at people? I heard about it, yeah, and then he got like tackled and yeah, a bunch he of wasn't shooting. Well, he wasn't shooting the bow, but he was. Uh, he just started firing arrows at people, and they talk, And then yeah. Fox News interviewed him as like they beat up a white guy. It's that kind of narrative that we've been that we've been pushed to. Like we we also didn't think we'd lose a hundred thousand people in three months, you know, which is it's double the yeah. Vietnam War. It is um, more than ten times nine eleven. Right. We're starting yeah, to, you know, we're going to get to a point where it's like a 9-11 every day in this country. Yeah, it's supposed to double and triple, especially now where there's this pressure from opening up 
which is, yeah, a lot of it is, is businesses just going like, we want to make money from you again and we don't care if you die. Um, I mean, we're literally getting the message of we don't care if you die, like just keep spending money. Um, right. There's part of that, but it's also people are getting restless. I think last night showed that like uh, people, people are just starting to pop from being inside. Um, well, like you said, I'm okay. Breaking. You and I are okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think it's, it's like, you know, we're not the, um, you know, uh, no one's stepping on my throat or throwing right. me to the ground or choking me out for, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I, I could do like ludicrous stuff, I think, before the police would react to me like they would to, um, you know, like a black American and, you know, uh, it's like that old Chris Rock joke. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, they'll be like, oh, it's not, you know, most cops. It's like, we just have a few bad apples. But he's got that line. It's like, well, some jobs just can't have bad apples. You know, airlines can't say that most of our pilots like to land. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's like, it's got to kind of be across the board. So, um, you know, even Lori Lightfoot, you know, Mayor of Chicago, she was in charge of, um, they did some internal reviews at the CPD and she, they come to the conclusion that there was a lot of racism in the CPD and that it needed this overhaul and this reform. And I think it's like, if anyone's pretending that that's not happening across multiple police departments in right. multiple uh, counties and cities, it's like, you're, you're deluding yourselves. You know, it's like, the, it's like having the Punisher logo on cop cars. We talked about this a couple months ago. Yeah. That's a similar Marvel murder. Right. It's, it's, it's like, this is vigilantism. And it's like, uh, you know, I understand again, yeah, it's not all cops. There's a lot of really fine cops out there, I'm sure. But it's like the, they're, bad they're ones can do if the bad ones are murdering people. Yes. And this guy that murdered, um, you know, the, the, uh, the guy that they kneeled on his throat, you know, the, uh, what's his name? The, the, that guy had been multiple reports against yeah. him. And, and he knew that I, guy and he knew the guy he, he murdered. Yeah, it's like, it's just, uh, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, we, we are at a breaking point, I think. And uh, it's just, you know, how much damage is going to get done before some kind of actual reform is made, um, you know? And, and I think people saying, oh, well, you, you know, you shouldn't riot. We shouldn't be rioting. We shouldn't be protesting. It's like, that's the... Well, we shouldn't be uh, rioting. I agree with that. But we should definitely be yeah, protesting. I mean, I think there should absolutely be protests and it's like, I, you know, rioting's tricky. I, I think it's something where it's just like, uh, we, 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 they've, it's been decades of, of this kind of uh, abuse has been going on there, there. It hasn't changed. It may even be getting worse. You know, I don't know, but, uh, but I think it's like, um, uh, th this is the, this is the factory setting of America. You know, the oh, Boston yeah. Tea Party was a riot. It wasn't, just a protest that was a riot and well it, it's um, also reminded me i've been thinking about this the last couple of weeks and it's really pushed me over is that um the american dream is rooted in selfishness and i think we're seeing the extrapolation of that because that idea of i'm free to do what i want uh the streets are paved with gold it's a land of opportunity i'm gonna get more stuff for me you know i'm uh, i'm gonna have the the house with the white picket fence it's um all, even things like all men are created equal, people take that as, oh, I'm created equal. Not that person being pushed down shouldn't be pushed down. So we've never, um, we've never really talked about sacrifice uh, except in times of war when the country wants us to go and die, where they're like, oh, these right. men have sacrificed their lives. But it's not like, but we're never told to sacrifice for your community or, or your family. Like we are, we're taught that we can have it all. You can do whatever you want. Everybody, everybody's going to be rich. And if you're not, it's your own fault because we have a system that's open to everyone. And a lot of it's just a scam. A lot of it's just to kind of keep you showing up. Like, you know, I'm not going to be the CEO of the company I work for ever. Right. You know, I might not even get uh, the next level up at this job. Um, and every, you know, every, we've seen this, I think we've certainly seen this since the 80s, the whole corporate structure of every time there's trouble, the companies bail themselves out. We don't get bailed out. We get laid off. Right. And, but it's this constant, like, America, land of the free. I feel like just the philosophy is more for me. And I think we're hitting the, 
that wave is breaking now where everyone's everyone's argument to not help people is i want more from me like you know you know i don't want reform to help these people getting murdered but god damn it i want a haircut right it's it's to that ludicrous point you know uh trump was quoted as saying about the pandemic last week before the riots he was quoted as saying uh this is so unlucky for me Oh yeah, he was complaining. Yeah, it's like because he, it's hurting his reelection chances, and that's that's how we've ended up with a president who only thinks about himself. I mean, regardless of what your beliefs are, and I'm sure there are people listening to this that don't agree with us politically. You and I agree with each other, so yeah. we're not going to get into a debate about it. But this is a guy who's never cared about anybody but himself, and he he'll turn he'll turn a plague into, um into this is for me well you know he'll he'll tell you to take dangerous medicine he'll say that he's taking dangerous medicine right he's getting tested every week when people can't get tested right yeah. and, then, and then he refuses to wear like a mask and it's just kind of like uh it's just it's really irresponsible and i i you know i i have people that i'm friends with that yeah because he doesn't want to because it's comfortable because he thinks he doesn't he just thinks he doesn't look good on camera with a mask so yeah i mean taking- and the then he he ridiculed president. He ridiculed a reporter for wearing a mask. I, I the thing that baffles me. I feel like whatever the common sense or the decent thing to do is, he'll always figure out how to do the one eighty from that. Right, and, and I think it's mostly to get attention. I don't think he's a good person, but um, but I think it's mostly like, oh, this will piss the right people off, and you know that's no way to be a leader. Right, but yeah. but leadership's never occurred to him. No, I don't. He's not very concerned. I don't think with it. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, I don't, what you, when presidents typically get elected, regardless of what side of the aisle they're on, the message is typically I'm the president for all Americans. This right. guy's only, well, a that's what killed, that's what killed Mitt Romney in 2012. Right. When he said at a dinner, oh, 50% of the country is not going to, not going to care about me. So we don't have to think about that. And what he meant it, Mitt Romney's not an idiot. I, I wouldn't have voted for him. I didn't, but he was saying strategically this country is very divided. But what the country heard was like, oh, you don't care about half of us? We won't vote you in. Right. So I, that's why I don't understand the anomaly of this guy who broke every single rule and gets rewarded, um, how he gets people falling behind him. There's so many people like Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell who when he was running, like he's an idiot, don't get behind him, who are, who are right. now like do everything he says. Well, yeah, I mean, I think because he's my party. Two different examples, I think, is Mitch McConnell. It's like he's getting the judges he wants appointed, and Lindsey yeah. Graham. They have and, to- and, and the cutbacks <laughs> for the rich. Somebody's got something on Lindsey Graham because I've never seen a 180 like this in my life. Yeah, and it's so unconvincing. Right. Yeah. It's, that it's, it's like it's just sad, and everybody gets everybody that gets close to him just gets destroyed. Yeah. You know, there are people in prison. But what worries me is that he escaped impeachment. And once he escaped impeachment, wow, I, this is what I was worried about, that the gloves were completely off because he felt, he felt vindicated. So everything he does is right. You know, a couple of weeks ago, he said, oh, if, if 100,000 people are dead, that's a victory. We're over 100,000 people. Yeah. So we've even passed his own awful standard for victory. So, I mean, uh, I certainly, I, you know, I'm a, dude, I'm a rich I'm well, I'm not rich. I'm middle class. I'm upper middle class white guy. You know, I, I have a white collar job. Uh, I talk about Spider-Man on my weekends. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not a target for anybody, but jocks. Right. <laughs> um, and I feel oppressed and bullied every day. So you can imagine somebody who's being actively like this, acting like this. And I'm not saying, yeah, burn down the Starbucks, but, I mean, the the sad thing is, I feel like this pandemic, we basically turned off the country, and started to reboot the reboot the country. And a few weeks ago, I was like, "Oh, this is our chance to, like, this country has a virus, reboot it. This country literally has a virus, uh, reboot it, and then maybe maybe it'll be a little more equitable. Like maybe these companies that don't do anything for anybody and have billions of dollars that are losing all their money." Maybe we don't need those companies. Maybe we don't need the billionaires who are not. Yeah, I think 
unfortunately it looks like that's the mom and pop stores that are going to get closed yeah and i've heard that you know the, the billionaires are getting richer they're getting richer from this is like 400 billion dollars richer 400, yeah it's like 435 billion dollars richer since the pandemic yeah and it's just like that's and and that's, that's the other looting th- i'm concerned about i'm not concerned about a couple windows getting smashed you know yeah, it's, it's and that's, terrible but you know not compared to the wealth and quality that's and growing. that's the thing about all these racial murders i'm like everyone's supposed to stay home like you're not even supposed to be out and there's enough people out that cops that can murder them. Right. So I don't know. I wish there was a Spider-Man. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be nice. I just, I really wish there was a Spider-Man. Um, I still feel bad. My youngest son, this is a few years ago. So I think he's four. He was just sad in the car one day. And I was like, what's the matter, buddy? He's like, I wish I could get bitten by a radioactive spider. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And it kind of brings back to my, my own point. When I was 12, there was still a little voice in my head that was like, maybe next year I can teleport. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always uh, that fantastical element of being like, oh, it could happen. It could happen. It's like, that's a really nice feeling. It's just, uh, I think, the the harsh reality of, you know, these terrible things happening and then, there is no savior. It's kind of like, uh, oh yeah, we've got a, we really do have to save ourselves, you know? Yeah. And the, the problem, and I think that's why American selfishness comes down to, we have to save ourselves, but everyone has to pitch in. And this country is built on, no, I'm going to do what benefits me. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm not going to do what hurts me in the short term to help everyone in the long term. I'm going to do what helps me in the short term. And that's why we have this country we have. That's, you know, we have a small class of billionaires that are helping themselves and, and companies that are taking advantage of their workers because the American dream is built on, it's not built on we're going to create a, a paradise utopia. We're going to create a place where I win. And yeah. for us to win, somebody else has to lose. I remember um, when the Avengers came out, the Avengers came out at uh, the same summer as Dark Knight Rises. And uh, I like both movies, but certainly Avengers was the more successful. Yeah. And Joss Whedon went on social media and, go, and went, guys, this isn't a zero-sum game. The fact is we have these movies that we always wanted, and we can see lots of them. Just because Avengers did really well doesn't make the other ones terrible. And, right. And America's so built on that sense of competition. And um, – you and I, not meaning to insult you, you and I definitely ascribe to more of the beta male. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, sure. we're short, pasty guys that read comic books. Yeah. Um, we, do, we don't want to get into fights. Right, when I, yeah. When I win an argument with someone, I walk away feeling like, feeling terrible because they don't like me. Right, <laughs> yeah. So I do try to avoid conflict. And there are these people that are just built on, I win and it doesn't matter how I win. And that's right. who that's who we have in office. Um, yeah. And, and that's what's killing us. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, a lot of people aren't going to see that. And a lot of people are going to disagree with us. And yeah, I guess that's fine. I, I just, it's like unfathomable to me that there are still people, good people that I know that are, that, you know, uh, are still on Trump's side and think he's, you know, a great dude and he's killing it. And it's just like, uh, it's like, I just don't know what to do with they, that. Like and we aren't subscribing to the same reality. Anymore. When I've talked to those people, they pick, they pick one thing and they measure that. I got into an argument with my dad because my dad turned Republican and watches Fox News. Uh, I used to think he was the smartest guy I ever met. But, yeah. um, but like I, I cracked and I'm like, how, how do you think he's doing a good job? How do you think he's like, oh, well, he should never speak in public. He's the worst public speaker ever. He says offensive things all the time. But he's against abortion. And I'm like, I'm, yeah, I, it's like I'm, I'm personally against abortion because of, I've had so much Catholic school, but I'm not going to pin everything to it. I'm not going to believe this guy because he says he's against abortion when right. he's against black people and gay people and anyone having money and the media. And he, he's against anyone that doesn't kiss his ass 24-7. And he's an idiot uh, who's breaking everything. I, because he says one thing that I like, that's not enough. And I feel like people are just pinning their hopes. And I've heard people say, oh, he's not my president. He's just the president of my party. I'm like, Your party is not what it was. 
Yeah, that, I mean, definitely not. I, I think it's like, uh, and to that extent, you know, neither is the... It's the boiling frog. They've both moved further to the polar opposites. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's, I understand that's a hot button issue and that that's a lot of this. Like, you know, my one buddy would always be like, well, the economy's doing great. The economy's doing great. And it's less like, well, now not it the isn't. economy isn't doing great, but he's, no. still, he's still saying that this dude's doing a great job. And it's just like, uh, how, how do you still think that this guy knows what the hell he's doing? It's like, or I cares. imagine that if we had any other president, Republican or Democrat, that it's like there was no um we hit a hundred thousand deaths in this country from the pandemic there wasn't any kind of address no kind of ceremony no kind of like memorial no kind of discussion or like a message from the president it's just no, like no we got yelled at every day until they st- until they pulled him away from the cameras right and he and then he's getting into a fight with twitter and it's just like you know yeah. twitter puts up the warning on his tweet and then within 24 hours he has an executive order on his which but nobody knows what it says what is it what is it gonna say yeah tweet tweet what i want uh you know the flimsiness of it of whether or not it's like he he's acting on something he clearly cares about and it's just like i don't think and it's himself right right it's himself he doesn't care that a hundred thousand americans are dead it's like he's not he has no empathy it's like he's he's but it's a Right. Well, and it's amazing that he has no long-term sight because literally his megaphone is Twitter and he's attacking that. Well, well, was he trying to shut down Twitter? Then what's he going to do? Right. Own social media platform that we're all magically on. Yeah. It doesn't exist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to end with uh, something positive. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I really want to end with something positive. So, uh, you might lose uh, unfortunately i think this is the last day of sale of the sale while we're recording it but comiXology is having a uh, a buy one get one free sale on marvel uh and i'm getting all my comics digitally um not getting a lot of new comics because there haven't been any but because of those i was getting like i caught up on jonathan hickman's x-men and dan slot's fantastic four for like 99 cents oh wow and i forgot and I'm like three or four months behind. I forgot how good those books are, especially yeah. Fantastic Four. I was. It is underrated. I, I'd say. And it was a slow build. Uh, yeah, it's been a slow build. Uh, I think he he uh, he's the right writer for the book. It's been a while since we've had like a good Fantastic Four run, so I'm excited for that to continue. Yeah, um, I, I kind of want to go back and finish his Iron Man run, which he says is right about to be complete. And I liked, I liked it, but I wasn't excited by it as yeah. Fantastic Four. I, it but was doing interesting. 99 cents, I might just catch up. Petered around. I'd say it's worth reading um, the Iron Man 2020 stuff I gave up on, but the, his Iron Man run I was enjoying while it was going on. Well, I think he's doing one more run of regular Iron Man to close it. Because he, he wanted to do Iron Man 2020 in 2020, which, all right, that's a cool idea. Yeah. And I, um, but, you know, with Slot, I think – his run on Spider-Man, it seemed more exciting because of two reasons. First of all, when he started, he wasn't the only writer. You know, you got a Dan Slott story, then you got a Mark Wade story, then you got uh, a Greg Rucka story. Um, so they, that was when they had the rotating teams. And then when he took over, it's still Spider-Man. So it's, it's, I mean, he's my number two favorite superhero ever, but it's exciting to read Spider-Man, even if not a lot happens, because it's going to be funny the visuals are going to be kinetic. Just seeing him swing across the city is going to be fun. Fantastic Four, unless you have somebody crazy in the art, which, like, I can think of uh, Kirby and Waringo. Like, not even Burn. Like, like you have somebody doing real loopy sci-fi kind of machines and aliens. It's going right. to take a while because it's about science and your main character is a serious guy. Um, but the, the stories have really paid off. Yeah, I mean, I would point to the the most recent uh, story that ended is the where they 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 read they go to the destination from the rocket that right. in the origin of the Fantastic Four that gave them their powers. They go to the destination that they originally had to go. I think that's I mean that's like brilliant stuff. And it, um, it and I just finished that story because I was behind, and it it pays off. Yeah, it it, uh, it does. It sticks a landing. Story, but- great story yeah it does and that's the kind of stuff i'm excited to kind of see uh continue with um with dan sot's run he's uh i mean he's been a solid writer for years 
Um, so it's good to, I like when the writer has a great run on a character like say Spider-Man or I really enjoyed his Avengers initiative and it's Mighty Avengers that he was doing. His um, She-Hulk so is fantastic. Yeah, the, uh, they solicited the omnibus for that. I've never read it, so I'm going to pick that up. It's worth um, it. They also solicited the John Byrne She-Hulk omnibus, which I've never read. Yes, and I think a lot of that is because of the, the show that they're, they're, they're working on. Right, so, it's yeah, going to be a, a Disney Plus show. Right, yeah. So um, I'm definitely going to be getting both of those. Um, I'm a huge John Byrne fan. His Man of Steel is coming out. And, um, those are great. Are Superman. So it's like I've read most of that run. I'm going to get that. And, I'm yeah. the best. It's like, and, um, and what's great about those, I think we've talked about this before, but what's great about those is um, there's three books in the run, and he usually does two because he was that fast. But the third yeah. book is Jerry Ordway and Mark Wolfman. So you're not going to yeah. slog through those issues at all yeah that's a it's a it's a good uh creative team and Ordway's a good match for burn definitely there's like you can feel the shift when you get to it and it's kind of a breath of fresh air but it's not like it's not like it's bill sankevich or you know michael wingo it's not a guy who's so different stylistically that yeah definitely definitely fits it doesn't it's not jarring um it's just like it's variety yeah, I've been selling off a lot of my omnibuses now. Um, I just need the space. So uh, I've been getting rid of the Silver Age character stuff I didn't want. So Avengers is going, um, Doctor Strange, Hulk, um, Thor is probably going to go, which is like the last Kirby. Uh, I'm just going to probably keep my X- X-Men, Spider-Man, and Fantastic Four. So it's been a while since I've gotten them, but you know, uh, well, you know, because your entire collection is omnibuses. You have a handful yeah. of action figures. You have no monthlies. You don't even have trades now, do you? I have got a couple. Um, I've got some trades and hardcovers, just things that would never be produced in like an omnibus. I've got a couple of the absolute editions. Um, and then I do have a, many <laughs> single issues, but they're all in my parents' basement. <laughs> so uh, they're, I don't have a room in the apartment here for them. I do want to get rid of them, but those that's uh, a little harder to do than... I was a couple years ago. That, that's been my biggest question because I think I'm going to get rid of all my monthlies too. And I was talking to Joe Franzen, who famously won't come on the show because uh, he doesn't care. Um, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get rid of all my monthlies. He went, oh, again? And I was like, you're right. Because I, yeah. I, I were pur- here before. Yeah, well, I purged everything before I moved here. I purged everything in my last place in New York. And then you opened. And I was yeah. like, I'll get my new comics from this guy because – uh, I like having a comic store in the neighborhood. And then obviously we became friends and started this podcast. And then I started finding back issues and I was like, well, now I have 12 issues of Batman. Here's this whole run from when I was a kid that I loved. And Oh, they're 50 cents. And then, you know, five years of that. And I have a bigger comic collection right. than ever. So I was hoping to take the junk, like the filler issues between the great runs. Usually I drop that off at half price books, but with the pandemic there, they have curbside. They will not take books from people right now. I think partially because they have a backlog and partially because they don't want to get something that's infected. So yeah. it's going to take a while yeah. for me to clear out that backlog. Yeah, at least I think until um, you know, they can kind of get things out of control, it's going to be a minute because uh, it's like I'd like to get rid of my single issue comics at some point. Um, but I think a lot of that's going to have to be is uh, try, to, try to sell it uh, piecemeal online. Yeah, and eBay's, uh, my comics have been the slowest thing to sell. Um, I've been selling action figures and omnibuses. Those have been fast. And I have a complete run of Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, literally, if you want to buy it from me, search it on eBay and buy it from me. I have the, the yeah. complete, complete run with like the first issue, the first appearance of Miles Morales. I had that whole run and I'm like, this is an alternate universe. This goes first and next will be Marvel team up. Um, it's been up there for like three weeks and it's it's... I keep lowering the price and I get a lot of watchers. Nobody's pulled the trigger on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it is taking the time to, to do it, you know? Yeah. And now that I'm home all the time, it's been giving me more time because while I'm working, I'm like, Oh, I'll take five pictures of this. And uh, here's a box that showed up from Amazon today. I'll throw them in that box. So it's been easier than when I was going commuting into work. Um, but Steven, what's, what's been your best thing this week? What's your greatest thing in the world? I, uh, I've read it once, but I'm working through it again. I read it in trade initially, uh, back at the comic shop, but, um, the justice league international omnibus. Oh my God. I I still need a volume two. 
It, it's coming out. Um, is it? Did, is it solicited? It has been. Um, I think it's going to be later in the year. Um, it's supposed to be this year. It's, yeah, it looks like in August. It was It was initially scheduled to come out in August. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Bleeding Cool just ran an article. I believe I posted it on our Facebook page. Uh, about all of the big DC books that have gotten pushed back because of the pandemic. So, right. So like they I, I expect the, the schedule has shifted a bit, but it is, it has been at least solicited. So it's in the works. Um, but I, I'd say for anyone that hasn't read it, uh, it's probably, ah, it's really hard. I'd say, I think it's probably like my second or third most favorite Justice League run of all time. Oh, it's, it's definitely my, it's definitely my first. Grant Morrison would be my second. It's, I think it's that good. Yeah. I, uh, I, really, really cool stuff. I think it's like, there's not a lot. Uh, there's, there's very few comics that are quite like it. Um, so I've, I've gone through the majority of the, the start of the book and now I'm in the later half of the book, which is like following the Captain Adam team around. And that's not as good because the art. Oh, that's the Europe. Yeah. Just as a Europe, which is Bart Sears. Right. So, uh, I know that, um, uh, Keith Giffen, uh, comes back later in the run. Um, and I think that's in volume two, but, um, just an awesome, awesome team book. Uh, I love it. It's great. It's great. Yeah. The Kevin, the Kevin McGuire stuff is the gold standard, but then you have very young Adam Hughes. Yes, and I think it's actually um, the only consistent Adam Hughes work you see in terms of uh, like a run. You know, does it's not a miniseries. It's yeah. like I don't know that Adam Hughes has ever done a monthly book quite like this. Um, and it's early Adam Hughes. So, but it's I mean Adam Hughes is Adam Hughes is great stuff. So. Um, yeah, I've been it's really, a great really run. And we've had, uh, we've had Jam DeMattis on the show a couple of times. So if you want to search yep. the archives, he talks all about how they wrote Just League International and Craven's Last Hunt, which I mentioned earlier in the show. Um, he's a great guy. Yeah, so he's he, been on the show twice. Um, that might even be worth rerunning at some point. But, uh, but that, book, that book was hilarious. And it was at a time, it was right after Dark Knight Returns and DC was getting very, very serious which is why looking back, Marvel was getting dumber and dumber in the late eighties because they were heading towards image and DC was getting smarter and smarter with like Sandman and uh, Vertigo. Yeah, they were and, doing yeah. And that man was doing really well. And just League international was just funny and it was as good as everything else, but it was really funny. It's the blue beetle booster gold era. Um, but they put out yeah. that omnibus when the Justice League movie was coming out. So I was worried that we wouldn't see, a second omnibus because we're not going to see a second movie. Yeah, I, I it's like I'm glad it got solicited. You do kind of want to see the rest of that run. I had a couple of the later issues of the Justice League Europe um, when I was a kid. I found back issues because you know Green Lantern was on the cover or whatever. Um, so I obviously wasn't around when this was initially coming out. And then when I found it later, they started reprinting the trades. You know, probably the early two mm thousands. -hmm. Uh, and it's just like, uh, it's awesome. It's just like the storytelling's great. The artwork's great. The stories are great. The, uh, it's just a really, really good, um, team book, um, you know, with characters that at the time, you know, no one was really doing a lot with. So, you know, they introduced Brewster Gold, Blue Beetle gets bought from Charlton and they kind of change the character around. It's like, uh, uh, it's a solid, solid book. Yeah. And both of the, uh, the two of those characters in Justice League were better than their solo books at the time. Their solo books got canceled pretty quickly. Um, Booster Gold was created right. in his solo book by Dan Jurgens, but his run in Justice League International ran a lot longer. Um, it's fantastic. It's actually easy to find in back issue. I have the whole run. I found them at Half Price Books for 50 cents because the book was so popular. There's just a lot of them out right. there. Um, but if you want to, I, and I haven't sold it because I've been waiting for this volume too. So if you want to have the entire back issue run, uh, you, can find, you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash comics, leave a message and offer to buy it. And I'll ship it to your house. <laughs> I won't even pay the eBay fees. Uh, that is my guarantee to you. I have a 100% feedback rating on, on eBay and hot toys are going out every day from this house. Um, you can also follow me at Not On My Book on Twitter and Instagram. That is the official social network of Caffeinated Comics. Um, 
it's a lot of jokes right now on Twitter and um, yeah. posting things that are going on in the world. There's not a lot of geek news going on these days. When there is, we report it to you. But um, you can always find me there. And Stephen, how do we find you? How do we find the show? You can find me on Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan. And you can find the show on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. And we'll be back next week. Beer Babe Jess will be our guest. She'll be talking about uh, world traveling and f- the health of microbrews in the state of coronavirus. So it was a really great conversation. We'll talk to you then.